This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Good morning, San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I am Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman are on assignment and will be returning to us soon. Good, good morning. Good morning. It was very uh, nice out this morning, but it was... It was it was overcast. Yeah. It, it was not clear at my house, but it was, it was pleasant enough. Last night, though, very nice and clear out. Did, did you... I didn't, I didn't. You didn't go lock up chickens, did, no, did you? No, no. I, I walked out of the bowling alley to my car. So <laughs> and there was probably more ambient light there than yeah, at my house. Yeah, probably. Probably so. Very, very nice. It's been a great week. Beautiful, clear, sunny, warm week. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who have been concerned about the bee activity, I think the bees had a good week as well. Did they? Yes. Oh, yes. that's good. And, uh, but we're expecting a change. Yeah, it's like between Sunday and Monday. There's supposed to be like a 15 degree temperature drop, so that's a that's pretty significant. I'd kind of prefer it on Sunday because that's usually the day I'm out working in the yard and trying to catch up. And I'd prefer it be 60 or 70 on Sunday than rather than the 80. But you know, well, just shift your work. You're off on Monday. Just shift your work over. I could, I could, and I might, or I might have enough to do both days, which is probably more like it. You know, we we did uh, did I hosted driveway happy hour on Thursday night, and uh, we actually brought out the fire pit for it. And it wasn't. It's not that it was that cold, but there was just enough of a chill in the air that the the fire pit made made a nice made difference. It nice. Yeah, it made it, it, and it had some ambiance to it as well. Oh, very, so, very, very nice. Yeah. Um, just for those of you listening who are concerned, driveway happy hour is a walk-through process, it is right? A walk-up it's not process. not a it drive-through. Is, it is not a. There no cars are involved. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure yeah. we got that out there. Yeah. Absolutely. It has been really nice during the day, but there is just enough chill, and I'm guessing that's because we are. Um, how do you say it in in English? Older. That's probably it. Because yeah. we would have been in shorts and t-shirts. Just a few years Just ago, few and years it wouldn't, ago. Have, yeah. wouldn't no, have bothered. I'm, I wouldn't have been sitting there with my jacket on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody was making fun of me yesterday because I had on long sleeves and short pants. Yeah, that sounds like Mark's attire pretty much <laughs> every day. Uh, anyway, um, we have classes today in both stores and in Pound. Wait a minute, what am I looking at here? Hey, in you, San Diego, you promised. It's a it's bonsai basics with with Richard. And in Poway at 9.30, it's Fertilizer Basics with Richard Wright. Um, bonsai class is interesting in San Diego because after the bonsai class, you can, you can go up to Balboa Park where the Bonsai Society is having their annual show and sale. 
perfect lead in, a prequel, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Uh, so that, once again, bonsai basics uh, at nine o'clock in San Diego, and fertilizer basics at nine thirty. And those are Poway. two different Richards, correct? That is correct. To, okay. That is correct. Richard Wright, as in, is in Poway. Um, let's see. Next weekend, May fifth, we're already in May. Which is well, the Friday, May fifth. That's Cinco de Mayo. So I was going to tell you that yeah, we have no classes on Cinco de Mayo. I we was going to ask you about that as well. <laughs> just celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Um, May six, however, we do have classes in both stores in San Diego. It's going to be Tomatoes One Hundred and One with Josh, and in and that's at nine o'clock. And at nine thirty in Poway, it's how to grow, how to grow, yeah, how to grow. Prize pumpkins with Jim Fredericks, who is you've a, got this. He's a champion, uh, champion pumpkin grower. Have you seen the picture of the pumpkin he grew? Yeah, they're ridiculous. Yes, they're they're huge. Now, I'm just like, thinking about the water in that one pumpkin, what that cost? Well, and it's and that class is it's limited seating in that on that class. Well, it's limited. Gar- gar- guaranteed seating. I think guaranteed seating for seventy five chairs. Yeah. But we're expecting a big turnout, and there's going to be. I think there's going to be some giveaways and raffles and all sorts of cool stuff. Yeah, I remember. I, it, he's not the one that offered to bring. It was like it was like a fifteen hundred. No, that was to, Tom. So yeah, because and it's like no. Cause what do we do we, with we, it? We got fifteen hundred pounds of rotten pumpkin. We got to get rid of. Oh God, so, no! It takes care of itself, but it's just disgusting as it happens. Well, I know, but you you still got to get rid of it. You well, no, just, it'll just melt into the ground over a multi-week period. But and, we were going to put it on the apron out front. Oh, that would have been that would have been bad. Yes, very, yeah, yeah. very. So let's see, and then over to uh, May thirteenth um, in San Diego, it's going to be worm ca- worm composting with Kathleen, and in Poway, it's going to be aqua- aquatic plants with John Clements from the San Diego Botanical Garden. So all interesting stuff coming up. And then, as I mentioned, in Balboa Park this weekend, the 29th and 30th, uh, it's a bonsai show and sale from the San Diego Bonsai Society. Next weekend, the 5th, 6th, and 7th, it's the San Diego Iris Society show and sale, which should be pretty interesting, I would imagine. They have some interesting You stuff. know, they have called us the last couple of years in, in advance of their sale, and we've talked about going because they've told us about some specialty irises that we've never had. Do you remember That's that? Right. I I do remember. And we but still I don't haven't rem- made it down still there. Still haven't have made we? it. I may have. May have to. Promises made, promises broken. Yeah. All right. Nineteenth, um, twentieth, and twenty-first. It's the San Diego Geranium Society show and sale, and to round out the end of the month, the twenty-sixth, twenty-seventh, and twenty-eighth, it's the Southern California Plumeria Society cutting sale. So if you want to. Get some, get some plumeria cuttings for your collection. That would probably be a good way to where, spend. Where should they go before that sale to find they some specialty can, plumeria cuttings? Ken, you can come to. I know the Poway store has them. Is just, just the Poway store. Yeah, yeah. we have what, six, six or eight, six, six varieties. Yeah, six varieties. Beautiful flowers imported from Brazil. Yeah. These are not just your everyday average plumeria cuttings. These are specialty ones. All the way from Brazil, and they're nice looking. They're nice looking, good, goodness. healthy they're, cuttings. They're big cuttings, yeah. and the flower colors are really nice as well. So you can uh, swing by and pick some of those up if you would like. They're easy to grow. I mean, 
Very. And now, now's the time as the weather's warming up. Of course, we're coming into the cool weekend. We talked about it cooling down, but did we talk about what that might port, uh, tell us is coming up? Rain. Yes. Yeah, more rain late next week, I think. Starting. Wednesday, Thursday right Wednesday. now is what they're saying, and somewhere around a half an inch, which would be not very nice. Yeah. I've noticed things are drying out at home, and some of the weeds are starting to die. It'd be nice to give them a shot of rain and extend them a little bit. Yeah, I actually turned my I actually turned my sprinklers back on for the first time since December. December. Yeah, I, I watered a couple of uh, some of the trees right alongside the driveway because they get extra heat from the driveway, and I had a another good week of gopher hunting. Oh, good. Yes, I got two with water and two with traps. So big, big, big week. And I've missed a couple. I was up at Dad's house trying to flood them out two, three days. Mm -hmm. Three days now. Fail, fail, fail. But they keep refilling the hole, so I know I'm I know I'm failing. I'm not <laughs> drowning them in the hole. They're, they're not they're not just staying down there. No, no, and I noticed yeah. the same thing at home, plus some new new mounds at home where I thought I was had cleared out an area. So I I get to go back and do some more. Get some more. Yeah. I went out and um Planted up some tomatoes uh, last weekend using 20-gallon pots. And then a friend of mine who shops at the store, he said he he had switched over to growing all of his vegetables in 20-gallon pots, and he puts a couple of cinder blocks underneath of them. And he said that raises them up so you don't have to lean over so far to get into them. And then I ran a ran an irrigation kind of drilled a hole in the middle of them ran an irrigation pipe up through the middle and then put a bubble around it so that it's now all part of the sprinkler system and it automatically waters so nothing's going to dry out and look terrible like it does when i'm trying to water it yeah. by hand um but i got it all set up went to adjust it turned on the turned on the system and I, and i walk out to where the vegetable garden is and i look over in the corner and looks just like the Beverly Hillbillies. It's up up from the ground come a bubble and crude. So I got a broken pipe. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> so you turned it on. I t- you I, set it all up. Yeah. The water's and, not getting there. No, the water's getting there, but it's it's also it's also bubbling up out of the ground where the broken pipe is. <laughs> bubbling so, crude. Yeah, so I've got a I've got I've got that to deal with now. All right. Too. Well now I have a very important question. <laughs> What's put that? you on the spot. What did you fill your twenty gallon container with? Soil wiser. Yes. Yes, um, yes, yes. <coughs> recipe 420 good stuff i and used it lots la- of nutrients i used it last year and had very good had very good luck with it regular or the bang the regular okay yeah. it's good stuff mm-hmm. both of them yeah we've had really good luck with the with the bang 420 in the with all the potting we have done yeah the roses love it they really do well in it what did you what did you plant I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Well, well, actually, I did. Melanie picked a couple of She picked a couple of them out. I think we put in San Marzano. San Marzano, early girl, champion. I don't remember if I did it. You didn't put any of Grandma's celebrities in? No, I did not. You're going to have to. I I don't think. I I don't know. You have to. Otherwise, probably should. The tomato ghosts of past will come and visit you in your sleep, and you don't want that. Come and haunt me. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'll grab one on Monday when I'm okay. back in the office. I finally got mine planted. Um, 
the tomatoes that George and I purchased, what, about a month ago? Mm-hmm. I finally got them in the ground, and they it's taken them a week, but they're starting to look good. They look much better than they did when they were still sitting in their six-packs for an extra month. But I saved money. Yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. Uh, we're going to be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross. And, and David Ross. And David Ross, yeah. George and Mark are on assignment. Um, and hopefully they're listening this morning. I know well, I think I'd, George, I'd, be, I'd I think be asleep. I'd be but. asleep, yeah. I wouldn't, I'd be in bed if I wasn't here, that's for sure. Um, all the roses in both stores are still on sale at 30% off. We have a very good selection of of roses at both stores. I was noticing yesterday the selection of tree roses has dramatically decreased. Decreased. Yes. There are very few tree roses left. I was, yeah, I was walking out through the um, shade house yesterday and I noticed the Japanese maples this time of the year just are spectacular. They are absolutely amazing. And for you East Coast transplants that that miss them, uh, we have peonies in we have peonies in stock, the Ito hybrid peonies from Monrovia Nursery, which will actually naturalize here. In they San do Diego. very well, yeah. very well here. It's the, the only one that I know of that will. And I remember it used to be we would bring peonies in in the springtime and we would sell them as annuals. Very expensive annuals. Very expensive annuals. But these, these, these should, with the proper care, these should naturalize and come back year after year. And they look beautiful right now. They don't have any flowers on them, but they are budded. So if you would and like They to are very it. expensive perennials. Yes. But they're, they're gorgeous. And, uh, you know, Mary has peonies in Rancho Santa Fe. And one would think that it's too mild there. It's too coastal. Mm-hmm. And they've come back this is what their second i third year this will be their third year they're coming back second or third and they do very well all over the county here Mm -hmm. and don't need that winter chill and don't have to be treated as annuals that is true uh if you want to give us a call 888-344-1170 is the number we're gonna head up to get the mouse working uh oh come on it's on it's over there Okay, there we go. We're going to head up to Ramona where where Rob is waiting. Good morning, Rob. How are you? Fine. How are you guys? We're doing well. What's up? Well, I'm going to be mulching my trees, uh, the, my um, fruit trees in Ramona this morning. And I've got a big pile of um, compo- well, mulch and decomposed, if I mulch, but a lot of it's from um, 
Uh, we had a, jory, a giant Tory pine, and we had uh, collected the needles and take them up to Ramon a lot. So it's got the decomposed pine needles in it. And will that be okay to use for mulching? Yeah, it shouldn't be a problem. I don't. I, okay. Yeah, I had seen something. On, I don't even remember what it was, but they were talking about um, pine straw back east and what a huge market that is. Where they just go through the pine forests and and the Carolinas and and pick up the pine needles and and commercially package it and sell it. It's it's a multi billion dollar operation back there. Wow. And I think it would be better if you had other ingredients in there, but by itself, it'll still do do the job of insulating and cooling and do what you need it to do. Yeah, yeah. If yeah, it, no, it, it, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say it, it has other stuff in there too. Oh, then I think perfect. You're, then I think you're in good shape. The other thing to be careful of too is if you're if it's predominantly pine needles, um, it they can be slippery when you're walking on them. So you just want to. <laughs> be aware of that yeah 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 def- definitely got to be careful not to fall on my butt yeah um hey I got, can i ask another quick question of course um so we want to be doing more gardening up there and i wanted to be making my own um by gardening dirt not mm-hmm. making the dirt but you know what i mean like making a mixture of it so mm-hmm. do you have any advice on how to do that like what what is there ways to, but rather than having to buy bag dirt bag potting well, dirt for potting soil for container growing or for amending and planting in the ground? Well, for both. But a lot of it will be container gardening because the gophers are just to- totally out of control. And uh, and uh, we got the squirrels under control with the squirrelinators. Um, and I'm thinking of getting the rodent blaster for the uh, gophers. But for now, if you grow anything in the ground, except for trees and... Uh, the gophers will get it. If you're, if it's going to be, if it's, <clears throat> if it's primarily going to be containers that you're, you're growing in, I think I would go ahead and make the investment and buy a good, a good container potting soil, just because you're going to have it, it, it's, it's a science. A, it's a science, and you're going to have you're going to have very consistent results with it. Uh, if you're trying to make your own, there's going to be a lot of variables that go into it that you're not going to be able to control that well. So. Um, I think if it was me, I would. If it's if it was me, I would make the investment and, and buy a good, um, reputable bagged potting soil. Like Edna's best or the like the recipe four twenty. Either of those would be fantastic. Yeah. Now, as far as yeah. if as far as planting in the ground is concerned, um, what I would do is I would I would start composting and just keep a keep a good system of composting going so that you can get the you can get the organic material that's broken down and just mix that in with the existing soil when you're when you're doing planting in the ground yeah no we compost a lot up there uh and i I, the the trick i found is pile it all up and then uh keep it wet yeah keep it wet water miracles yeah, put some, keep some water in it, keep it moist, and also um, add a starter compost to it to to get things going. There, yeah. The square foot gardening recipe was one third compost, your own or bagged, one third vermiculite, and one third peat moss. So if you wanted to make your own mix, you could start with thirty percent of that being your own compost, but otherwise. 
it has to be it has to hold moisture it has to be porous and let air through it and even the best soils in the ground if you put them into a container or into a raised bed are going to compact so that the moisture and air don't get through it and your plants aren't going to do well so it's very it's critically important that that mixture be done correctly or you will fail miserably yeah 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 no that makes a lot of sense it's got to drain well yeah, work and the soil is so dense compared to potting soil. But the pot, the thing with the potting soil, if you do very much of it, it, it gets expensive. Yes. You know, it's uh, it, those bags aren't cheap, like Edna's and the four twenty and all that. I mean, it adds up really quick. Yeah, no, so yeah. doing a lot of it, 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 it uh, and I have all this ground, so it, it, you know, I can I see both ways. The trick on the um, doing it, if we're making our own, is to find a good places, good sourcing for the uh the perlite and the vermiculite so you can yeah. buy it affordably yeah we we have well vermiculite's been ridiculous re- ridiculous uh, trying to get a hold of it just trying to get a hold of it um but we have a i think we have a relatively good supply of it right now um but perlite we have in four cubic foot bags which is probably the most economical way to get it yeah yeah um uh, the other you know the other thing too is with if you're using if you if you're using a brand name potting soil in containers, you don't have to throw it out at the end of the season. You can you can take the plants take the plants out after they've produced, and then just amend it for the next season. And you can get you can get a few seasons out of it. And then after after a certain point, you can just go take and use that stuff as a planting as a planting mix in your in your yard, and then start over again. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, what, it, so you don't get, I know like with tomatoes, right? You don't want to be using a, reusing it because it gets the nematodes in the soil or something. Well, in a container, it, in container plants, you're not going to have the neem, especially if they're raised, you're not going to have a nematode problem. The nematodes are typically in the existing soil. Um, so mm. if you, if you use, use like the, the ones that I just put up, um, they're 20 gallon, 20 gallon pots recipe 420 i put some tomatoes in them but i put the pots up on top of cinder blocks so that they're separated away from the soil where i did at one point have some nematode issues so the i i'm not expecting to have any nematode issues with them raised off of the off the soil yeah that makes a lot of sense if you're going to go that route that they yeah. go completely that route and not have any contact with the soil at all yeah plus it's a vector to bring stuff up yeah it also raises them up so you don't have to lean over so far when you're when you're working in the garden old, yeah old man tip thing. number three yeah well yeah no it's it's even a young man you know you don't want to be bending over the whole time yeah yeah it's much nicer hey well uh, thank, thank you so much you guys have so much good information well thanks for calling you have a great weekend i was just over at the water anderson's yesterday and it's uh so many uh, plants are in bloom it's incredible yeah, this is the time of year for that. Yeah, it's really be- beautiful, beautiful nursery. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming in. And thanks, thanks for, guys. Thanks for calling. Have a great weekend. Okay, hey, you too. Bye. Okay, bye. You know, it's, we started that conversation about compost, mm-hmm. and the older and wiser I get, the more I believe that is one of the greatest keys to success of planting anything in the ground is compost. And there are many discussions, arguments, disagreements about whether you should be amending the soil first and mixing compost in, which I always do and always will, Mm -hmm. regardless of what 
even people whom I respect say, but adding it over the top to insulate the soil, to keep the worms and all the beneficial organisms healthy and happy, bless you, um, it's just, it's critically important and it helps the plants to take care of themselves. So that insulation layer is helping to feed the plants. It's helping to to keep the moisture in the soil so you don't have to water as often. It stabilizes everything and just keeps that growing condition going, which is the key to success. Yes, it is. Yeah, it, it's interesting. There's a, there's a Facebook page for... Uh, gardening and houseplants on in Scripps Ranch and uh, some friends of our some friends of ours uh, have a huge backyard orchard and they do a lot of composting and they also do worm composting and she she took a video of their worm composter and they had they had put some look like slices of apple in just on the surface and she'd reach in and pick up the slice of apple and it's solid worms i mean uh, unbelievable amount of worms and they theirs is they oh what was the can the can of worms yes. composter that's what yeah. the, that's what they're using and uh, they they get a lot of they get a lot of compost out of it. it it's pretty pretty amazing i have a an area in the yard the worms are the are, are another part of that key to success because they're consuming the organic matter and they're pooping out worm castings mm-hmm. um, and feeding your soil and feeding the organism. They're doing, they're doing the yeoman's work. Yeah. And I have an area where when it used to flood on my property where the soil would settle. And then I've added clippings and uh, chicken, chicken manure and the shavings from the chickens and that whole area has become a worm farm and it's worm cat a big chunk of it is just worm castings as long as i keep it moist you know and when we have extended periods of drought and i don't water it down then i croak all of the worms that i they don't just they don't just burrow deep well they'll maybe i mean at some point yes i'm sure they go down further but i i just don't know how Many of them survive, but well, I'm gonna. I have to keep it watered this year. The other benefit of worm castings too is that they can, they can be a deterrent for whitefly. They do. Mm-hmm. Worm castings and worms do so many great things for the, for the soil and the plants. It's. I mean, they're aerating, they're feeding, they're preventing insects and and disease, and the increased vigor of the plants helps them to take care of themselves. That it does. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We would love to talk to you. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. 
Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross. Mark and George are off. Guess what? What? Well, George is listening. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure why, but... Sorry to say, <laughs> yeah. he should be sleeping, but... He gave me permission to say that worms are part of, of continuing microbial activity. That's his phrase in the soil. And he just sent me a text telling me I'm really, 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 really smart. Let me read okay. it to you. Worms have played a more important part in the history of the world than most persons would at first suppose. Do you know who said that? No. Charles Darwin. And oh. that's basically what I said right before the break. Which yeah. would put me on par with Charles Darwin, mental, mentally, mentally capacity. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, and you're not gonna. You're just gonna let that go. I'm gonna let it go. Okay. Uh, we were talking during the break. What were we gonna talk about? Microbial activity, the worms. Oh, <laughs> you mean what did we just say? Oh, we should talk about that when we yeah. come back. Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, it is a great question. Too bad neither of us was paying attention. No. Hey, George, what were we talking about in the break that, oh, wait, you're not here. Um, you know, now that the weather is starting to warm up, oh, I, I know what it was, oversaturation. Oh, I agree. That yeah. is what we were talking about. Yeah, and uh, we had a, had a pretty good example, two good examples of it in the Poway store uh, in the parking lot. The, the soil and the, 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 the native soil in, in Poway is at our location is horrible awful it's, clay held or big rocks yeah. river rock had to held together with heavy clay with heavy clay and uh we planted a huge grafted gardenia in the parking lot and at first it was doing okay and then the rain started coming in and it started defoliating and acting like a gardenia that was overwatered. so we went and pulled it out with the um with the forklift and half of the it, it was probably an probably what like a 20 was it a 20 gallon container that it was in or it was a 20 or 25 yes yeah it was a, it was a big pot um we pulled it pulled it out of the ground and half of the hole that it was planted in was full of water yeah. so it it just so it just sat there and in the in the water and it didn't like it it declined yeah. it drowned the roots so it looked like it wasn't getting any water and it's it we've since put it back in a in a raised planter and it it's starting to come back slowly. It's suffering. Yeah. But when we planted the citrus in the parking lot, mm. I was worried because it's because it's bad. Clay. Yeah. But it's been so dry for so long. Yeah. It's done really well. It has. There's one lime tree on the west side that just downhill from the gardenia. Just downhill from the gardenia that was really suffering, and we were you and I were out in the parking lot yesterday talking to a vendor, and he was parked right next to it, and I looked over, and. The majority of it still looks like it's suffering, but there's huge flushes of new growth um, and new branches. I mean, not not just foliage on the existing branches, but new branches coming off of it. So it it is starting to come back. But I'm surprised that that didn't kill it completely. And I'm, it's kind of heartening to see, and it broadens my understanding of where citrus can be grown. Mm. It's certainly not ideal in the soil we have at the nursery, no. but it. It survives, and even during a wet winter, it suffered. Those leaves started drooping, looking like it looked like it was drought stressed. Mm -hmm. And if we didn't know that 
we'd had what one of the greatest winters rains of of in history this last winter and hadn't seen the water standing just uphill from it it would have looked like it wasn't getting enough water yeah yeah no that that's it it happens so infrequently that you kind of you kind of forget that oversaturation is is a thing and when it does rain like it had like it has this winter that's when it when you start to see it again uh, if you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We're going out to San Carlos where Art is waiting. Good morning, Art. How are you? Just fine. Thank you. What can we do for you? Okay, I have a navel orange tree in my side yard, kind of between the two houses. And uh, over the years, we've, it's been there something over 50 years. It's dwarf orange, so it isn't too big. And uh, I use it to, right now I'm using it to make orange juice. And a few years ago, I had to take out my Valencia because of some disease it caught. And uh, <clears throat> I used to use Valencia to make the orange, and it always had the nice thin skin and, and uh, peel didn't, uh, it was nice thin skin. The, the navel had, had a real thick skin mm-hmm. and a big bump on the bottom. And anyway, so now several years later, my, my navels are looking more and more like my Valencia used to look. And I just wonder what, any idea why that would change? Lack of, it, it lack of nutrients. It takes a lot of nutrients to build up that, that white layer inside the, the rind. The, I know the proper term, I may not pronounce it correctly, the albumen. albumen. Mm. Um, and I think it's a lack of phosphorus primarily that causes a depletion of that um so i would suggest more feeding for your for your tree and there's nothing wrong with juicing navel oranges they're wonderful they don't get quite as much juice as you do from a valencia but ideally you would have both so you have them all year round because they produce in different seasons well that was good until i had to take the navel out so or not not the navel with the the valencia so okay so I, i need to I thought I thought I was fertilizing it pretty good, but uh, I'll have to check. I'm using a citrus fertilizer that comes in a bag, and I put it on. Oh, I have a schedule somewhere that tells me in this month to do the fertilizing and stuff like that. So, just make sure as the tree gets older that you increase the the diameter, the the fetch that you are feeding, because those roots uh, keep moving out. Part of the problem with that is that it's like it's between two houses, and so it's it's just about three feet from the fence. And so I'm sure, assuming a number of the roots are on the other side of the fence, <laughs> I can't yeah. get to those yeah. water or uh, or feed them. So I have to feed them, but I feed them out near the drip line and beyond a little bit. And then, of course, the other side is up against the house, so can't go too far that way either. Okay, well, maybe I'll just try putting more fertilizer on it. That's That's probably where I would start. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll, wait, I'll have to wait till next season to see because it, <laughs> it's all finished. I, I had a million blossoms on it this last few months. So I'm going to have a lot of fruit next season. That sounds excellent. excellent. And you might take this, this week's rain, if we actually get the rain that is forecast, to toss a little bit of fertilizer over the fence and uh, feed the roots on the other side as well and let the rain water it in. Yeah, that's a thought. I'll try that. Okay. 
All right, Art, you have a great weekend. Thank you very much for calling. Thank you. Okay, Bye. take care. If you would like to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. Uh, speaking of citrus, now that the weather's starting to warm up, everybody's favorite citrus pest is going to start showing up, especially on the new growth. Um, Which one is that, Mr. Anderson? The citrus leaf miner. That is not my favorite pest. Well, I... I see. No, citrus leaf miner, its time is is coming. Yeah, it is. And uh, we did get in some some pheromone attractants. So if you want to know when... Oh, actually, hold on. Never mind. Take that back. We've already had those pheromone attractants. We'll talk about the other pheromone attractants momentarily. Um, but if you put out the pheromone attractants with the sticky traps, it will not only take many of the males out of the process and minimize the uh, damage to your trees, but it also tells you when they're there so that you can start treating with the spinosad, the Captain Jacks, if mm-hmm. you want to do it. That's probably the best way to control it and keep your trees looking looking good. But these next couple of weeks is when they usually show up. Yeah, and... If it's not too bad of an infestation, you can pick some of the foliage off and throw it away, and that will get that will get rid of the bugs. Um, but if it's a bad infestation, the trees will. They it's look, not gonna it's not gonna kill them, but it really slows bad. slows them down, and they and they do look bad. So I need I need to go. All Which way are you gonna do it? I'm gonna. I've just got the spinach out at home. I'm just gonna go out and. Give them, give them a shot and get started on it early. You know what I'm going to do? No. I'm going to pretend like I'm going to go treat them this year and probably <laughs> and, won't and probably again. not do it. Yeah. Spinosad sitting on the shelf. I still have not done it. We'll, we'll see. Maybe this year because it makes the trees look so darn bad. Yeah, it does look bad. And that reflects poorly on a horticultural <laughs> as such as myself, right? Yeah. Uh, my navel orange right now is just, it's almost white with flowers it's incredible how many flowers it has on it and i'm sure it's going to set a ton of fruit and i'm gonna i'm going to i'm going to redouble my efforts to make sure that it gets water because it's in a container and that's a really good idea mr anderson and if you don't if you if they set fruit in containers and they don't get enough water the first thing that goes is the fruit it just it just falls off and that's kind of the reason you're growing them right mostly yeah do you think right now George is sitting at home listening, thinking, you know, you just said the trees are blooming. You just said spinosad. Are they going to mention that you have to make sure you don't spray the spinosad when the bees are there? Do you think he's saying that right now? Probably. I can't mm-hmm. believe he hasn't texted me yet. Um, spinosad is mildly toxic to bees when it is wet. Yeah. So if you do need to spray while there are flowers on there, um, spray in the evening so it's dried before the... Before the bees, bees get up. come back, yeah, and pretty, and quite frankly, I don't think there's any insecticide that is not, in some way, toxic to bees. I mean, they that's they're insects, and you're spraying an insecticide. It's probably gonna, it's probably not something that they're gonna want to get into. So just be aware of be be, be, be aware, aware be aware be aware of the timing of of your applications and what it is that you're doing. Some things are safer than others, like horticultural oil. You would have to actually spray the bees with it for it to to be a problem. But there again, just spray in the evenings, and you you will minimize the impact that that, that has on on the bee populations. What I was thinking 
uh, what I was mixing up before is there's now a pheromone attractant for the Asian citrus psyllid. So you can put those out so that you would know if you need to treat for Asian citrus psyllid. It would make it easier to spot because they're so small on the... Yeah, they're tiny. The, it, they're hard to spot, so that would help to identify that they exist and know that you need to take measures to, do to control. That makes perfect sense. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross. Mark and George are off today. A couple other things that we've seen popping up. One of, uh, the, back to back to citrus again. Um, that beetle. I, st- I still don't know which one it is, but it's the beetle that attacks white flowers. I've never seen that on citrus, and I don't know if it's because I've never looked. But when you showed me that, that was what, what Wednesday. Yeah. I'd, I'd never even considered it on citrus. And... Duh! All the citrus flowers are white. Yeah, and she said her hers were covered with them. So, and she said she had no bee activity either. And she was thinking that it might. But you know, if the beetles going through and eating the flowers, then there's no reason for the bees to go. Well, the bees will. But if you can see the flowers, <coughs> yeah, well, I don't know. But anyway, um, so the white, the white flower beetle, which now apparently attacks citrus and usually it's on roses that we see it that's yes um, and we did have a couple of people bring them in uh yesterday on on roses as well but oh, they yeah. get on the white flowers they're not a huge problem generally other than a physical physical damage but i guess if they're destroying the all your citrus flowers but there's so many flowers on citrus usually. so many more yeah you know what's blooming even more impressively at my house than my citrus? No. Macadamia. Oh, really? There are thousands of catkins on that tree, and the fragrance overpowers the citrus. There's so much wow. more. I knew they were uh, fragrant. I didn't realize they were that fragrant. It is crazy how fragrant they are and how many bloom spikes are dripping off of this tree. It's hard to see leaves. There's like a curtain of flower spikes just all over this thing. Wow. I'm yeah. guessing that might have something to do with rain. And, and of course, the exceptional care and culture given to them by David. You know, I, it, it has always surprised me as valuable of a crop as macadamias are that they aren't grown more in Southern California. Everybody equates macadamias with Hawaii, but they, they grow perfectly well here. In, in Southern California, Mark had a huge one at his house yes. in Claremont. Um, and I know my grand my grandfather had 
had at least one in his yard. I had one in my yard when I lived in when I lived in Claremont, and that thing would produce like a, a half a bag of a, a big brown paper grocery bag. It would produce about half a bag of nuts every season. Oh, I mine produces many, many, many tens of pounds of nuts every year i probably get about a half a pound of nuts every year and the squirrels, <laughs> and get, the squirrels the rest. get the rest which amazes me that they can chew through that that shell as hard as that is they they start early they start when they're they're green but they still eat through them when they're when they're solid it's something i'm going to have to address this year i've i've decided to start taking back my property from the gophers and it's also time to start taking it back from the squirrels as well yeah, I don't have a squirrel. I don't, I don't actually don't. Our biggest issue from time to time is is rats, but even they have not been as bad as they have been in the past. Although I did have a bobcat in the backyard the other day. That should take caught, care of the rats caught, for you if it's caught, a, yeah, a caught, bobcat worth its salt. Caught, it, it was. It looked like an immature one. It was. It wasn't very big, but it walked right past our back door. So, did you see it or see it on video? Camera after. Yeah. yeah okay. Camera. Yeah, I, it was like two o'clock in the morning. I, I wasn't up. Um, and you know the other thing that we don't have, I, and it's been months since I've seen one, and we used to have them all the time was rabbits. We do not have a rabbit problem right now. I so. have plenty. At, well, I have a few fewer than I used to have, but there's still plenty out at out at my house. And this morning when I went down to, with my flashlight to open up the chickens and throw out their food and let them out. Um, there was the smell of skunk, not oh. that it had sprayed, but it was, pre- it was, yeah, it was near. something was, I, something was around. Yes, it was close. And fortunately it did not, I was thinking I was going to have to call you cause I go and pull grass to feed to the, to throw into the chicken coop. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking where I was going, it could be under something and that I was going to get sprayed. And I was thinking I was going to call you this morning and say, um, I don't think I'm going to make it. But it all worked out, it all and I did not get sprayed. A uh, couple interesting things that you know, that we've got in the store right now. Uh, in addition to plumeria cuttings, we have we have quite a few rooted plumerias in containers, from one gallons up to five gallons. I think was a we got them in this size. week. They're just starting. Everything's behind. We've yeah. had so much overcast and cool weather. All the warm season things are. We would normally have these about a month ago. Yeah. Yeah, but we got a good good selection of them now. The other thing we have a good selection of is um, milkweeds, both uh, native and tropical, from from four inch up to oh, it's not that's bigger than a gallon. The the narrow eight leaf inch, ones, eight, eight inch, inch, I think. Yeah, um, and, and those are part of that SDG&E rebate program, correct? That is correct. Yes, we've actually we've actually had quite a few people come in and buy them because of the rebate program. But I think that the I think the rebate program is for one gallon narrow leaf. They're specific. There's a list on SDG&E's website, mm-hmm. and as a matter of fact, I, there's going to be an article in the May Walter Anderson Nursery newsletter with a hyperlink to the list because there's specific trees, including uh, a couple, two of the five trees that you can qualify for can be fruit trees. And I keep saying I'm going to participate because I keep buying buying the fruit trees, but I keep not sending in the sending in the rebate for yes. 
yeah, that new if you're if you're a subscriber to our newsletter, you should be getting it pro- today or tomorrow. I think coming out it, early. It might be coming out a little bit early, but I would imagine if you go to the website and you click on the newsletter tab, that Melanie has already posted it on the website. So that is a very bold prediction. I. Well, I, I hope pre- if not, if not, it'll be there in the next couple of days. But the, the program provides, I think, a thirty-five dollar rebate for a one gallon and. $50 or something for a larger size. Um, and they don't have to go in the ground. They can go into containers. There's a whole set of criteria that must be met. But they will send you money as long as the program still has it. There's certain zip codes and certain trees and shrubs that you can plant. And SDG&E will pay you to do that. Yeah. I guess we will pay you. <laughs> All of us will pay you to do that. Um. Another interesting thing that I saw come through the store today or this week uh, that I hadn't that I had not seen in a while was foxgloves in bloom. I huge, love that. That is such a great spike. morning sun spikes. filtered sun blooming plant, and because the spikes are so long, they bloom for a really long time. Yeah. And they're also um, they're biennials, so you have to grow them for two years to get the flowers on them. So when we get them in stock with the flowers on them, you can save yourself about a year. Do we have any classes coming up? Uh, yes, we do. In San Diego, 9 o'clock today, it's Bonsai Basics with Richard, 9.30 in Poway, Fertilizer Basics with Richard Wright. And then starting Monday, we are into May. That is, and we're going to have some more May showers that are going to bring April flowers. Is that how it goes? I can't remember which direction it goes. But you've been listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross. We'll be back with another hour of Garden Talk right here next Saturday morning. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery.